right, good to see everybody out. Book of Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, it ain't that far from Genesis. It's about 65 books. Some of you will get that later. <laughs> what did he say? Oh. So, <laughs> the city of Thyatira. Yeah, sounds good. Where is that verse at? Got to be right here. There it is. Verse 18 through the end of the chapter. <clears throat> 18 through the end of the chapter. We'll read through there. And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first, notwithstanding, oops, I have a few things against thee because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication to eat things sacrificed unto idols and I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she repented not behold I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation except they repent of their deeds and I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine and which have not known the depths of Satan... As they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye have already hold fast till I come. And he that cometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron and the vessels of a potter uh, shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. And I will give him the morning star. And that, I mean, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church, churches. Let's bow. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Truly the blessings you give us. Lord, we thank you for um, this freedom we have, this opportunity to be here and to study your word. Open our hearts and minds to your word, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> All right, now Thyatira, it was located pretty close to Pergamos. Uh, it was a, a worker town. Uh, what do they call that these days? Collar. Um, Blue-collar worker town. In other words, there wasn't a lot of office folk there. Uh, it, was, it was a place where people were there. They were laborers. 
uh, and, and they were members of trade guilds. We call them unions. That's going to come to play in a moment. Now, Lydia, you remember Lydia in the book of Acts? She was a seller of purple. Um, uh, she was from there. That was her hometown. Uh, though we know her from being in Philippi, Acts chapter 16, 14, and 15. Uh, and so she played a big part in, in that there. And uh, for all we know, she could have went back there, witnessed to people, and the church could have began in Thyatira because of her. We don't know that because it's never recorded that, uh, that Paul actually went there. Uh, but nonetheless, it spread that away. Uh, now, let me say this, and i got to be careful how I say this. Um, don't ever let anyone sell you out on the idea that because the Bible prohibits women from being a pastor and teachers over men usurping their authority over that, uh, that women are, are somehow inferior to men. They're not. Uh, they are not. They, they Listen, if it wasn't for a lot of women, there would be a lot of churches that would not be open. Uh, I pastored a church that two four-year-old boys took up the offering because there was no men in there other than me. And when I called on someone to pray, it was a woman uh, because there were no men there. Uh, women, and if you read in the Bible, women have always been very important in the Bible. And uh, honestly, I challenge you to uh, do your own research about women of the Bible. There's a lot of women in the Bible that are special. And they did a lot uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, as I said, <laughs> a lot of times you see more faithfulness faithfulness out of a woman than you do the men. That's a shame, but it's true. Now, the description of Christ again, as I said the other day, he gives a description of each one, but it goes along with what is going on in that church. Now, he used uh, verse 18, I think it was. He said, hath eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass, now, when we really look into that, well, we'll get there in a minute. You see, the church was doing good. They had some good things. When you look at that, he says uh, in verse 19, I know thy works, charity, in other words, their love, their service, their faith, their patience. He said, and your works again. And he said, uh, the last to be more than the first. So they were doing some good things. They had a lot of good things going for them. But not everything was well in that church. Uh, they had some problems going on. And, and, and <laughs> though it seems kind of small, it's really a big thing when there's sin that active in the church. You see, their biggest problem was they were tolerating idolatry. They were tolerating immorality that was within the congregation. And uh, Jesus, honestly, 
when he wrote this, he was getting on them about that. And he talked to them about his eyes of flame and, and uh, his feet were like uh, fine brass. Now, one of, it's, it's important to know this. One of the chief deities, one of the idols that they worshipped, one of the big ones there in Thyatira, uh, Tyra, was the sun god who was, I don't know how to say, Teremus, Tereminus, that sounds good. Now, but Jesus is the actual son of God. But they worship this, this thing. And Jesus said his eyes were like a, a flaming fire. In other words, that gives you the impression. Jesus sees everything. He knows all of what's going on. And then when you look at the... Um, the, the, the fine brass of his feet, uh, and, and if you dig into Daniel, it kind of, it kind of goes with, the, with Daniel chapter 10, verses 5 and 6, and it speaks of judgment. Jesus told him, he said, I know everything going on here in the church. You guys have been doing really good. You've been working hard, you've been uh, serving, you love people, you got compassion apparently, and, and, and you got works again, he mentioned, and, and, but then he says, but you do have some problems. They may be small, but they're big. Now, we must always remember this. As Paul stated in Corinthians, a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. Now, you ladies, I, I, I don't, I've, I've done some, oh, I make my own biscuits, use all that special stuff. I don't get the, the self-rising. I like to make mine. You add just a little bit in there, man, now, and if you don't add it, it stays flat. You come up with the biscuits, that ain't worth a flip. But uh, you add that little leaven in there, and man, it does a whole lot. We need to always remember that in, our, in, in, the, in church wagon wheel. A little bit of leaven does a bunch. But not only that, we need to remember that in our homes. A little bit of leaven in the home will jack the home up bad. Cause it big time problems. Uh, ask me later after church, I can tell you some of them. <laughs> uh, it, it, it will cause lots of issues. Uh, and, and, and Jesus was saying to these believers that unlike this false God, he is the one and only true God. I can deal with you. I know what you're doing, and I'm a judge. I can deal. He, by, the, by the way, he's a righteous judge, amen? He's the only righteous judge. Uh, so, whoa, what happened? Well, I didn't do it. I might have. I got to find it again now. Ah, March 2nd, there it is. I hit a little button over here and poof, went to something different. You'd already heard that one. So uh, Jesus says, hey, I'm going to deal with you because you guys have got some problems. You got issues going on. Now, his, uh, he talked to them. He listed some really good traits that they had. Matter of fact, I think it was six of them. He mentioned to him, let's see, where was we at? Verse 19, he said, I know thy works. I know your charity. I know your service, your faith. 
Your patience? Ooh. Mm hmm. I like that. <laughs> Go to the doctor's office and tell me about your patience. I don't like doctors anyway. You know, it, it's an endurance in trials. He, in other words, he understood and, and he knew about their patience in their trials and their tribulations they were having. And he knew about how, how um, uh, zealous they were. They were really zealous about what they were doing. That was good things. And Jesus, that's, honestly, that's what he wants. He commended them for it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the church at Thyatira, they had all the right ingredients to be a great church. But they didn't have, well, here, let me put it to you this way. When I make biscuits, I got this pioneer recipe I use. You put sugar in them biscuits. Mm. And if you got the right syrup, well, if you got the right, uh, uh, I bought it in, well, I get it sometimes out of Wisconsin, but I bought some when I was in Michigan. And, and it, what do they call that stuff? Maple. <laughs> syrup is one thing, but man, when you get maple syrup, got a big old cat head biscuit about like that, and about that thick, just with a slab of butter in there. It done got, you know, it's been hot, and it melted, and it's running out the side, and you pour that on there, and then you add a little hot sausage with it. Woo-hoo! Mm. But, and that biscuit's good. I had all the right ingredients for it, but if I hadn't mixed it right, that biscuit wouldn't be very good. I know. I've done that before. When you, oh, it'd be all right. A little bit extra salt. No, you'd taste that. It's like, you know, man, I done stumped my toe on the salt. That's what the problem is. They had all the proper ingredients, but they didn't have the right proportions. You see, we got to be careful with that. We got to have the right proportion. Matter of fact, Paul says, um, he says, oh, let me go read that. I don't want to lie to you, so I ain't going to tell you until I get there. It's in the book of Colossians, I'll tell you that. Colossians chapter 4, yeah, verse 6. Paul says, now when we're out there witnessing to folks, when we're out there showing them compassion and love, you're dying and going to hell. You better listen to me. I'm telling you what Jesus is. Mm, you got the right idea, but the proportion ain't right. He says in Colossians 4, 6, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, but you don't want too much because you don't want to set them on fire. You ever get dump salt in a cut? Whoo! <laughs> Man, that'll set you on fire now. That'll let you know in a hurry that wasn't good. So you, you got to be seasoned with salt that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. We need to do it with love and compassion they didn't quite have all their proportions together like they should have. And they had some issues going on. Because <laughs> if you don't mix your biscuits right, they don't turn out real good. And you know, you can hurt somebody with one of them. 
I cooked one. Well, I done it special for her years ago, and and man, I had her a big breakfast, and I kept looking in the oven. I'm like, man, they ain't rising, <laughs> and they never rose. And I'm like, I mean, ugh. anyhow, you got to make sure you got your proportions right. When we talk to the to people about the Lord, we need to make sure that we got it. Our proportions, right? Yes, if you leave this world without Jesus, you're going to go to hell. But you don't have to tell them that. What they need to see is what Jesus is doing in your life and what he's done for your life. There's the key. They need to see that love that comes from you. Hopefully it does. And, and they need to understand that. They need to see the joy, even when things are not joyous. You ever been in them states where you're just not joyous? I mean, you know, everything just didn't laid out like it ought to be. But really, people need to see that joy, even when it ain't all peachy. You know, because when they see that, they're like, wait a minute. I think I want what you got. I don't know how you're, you're, you're being this way when I know the problems you've got going on in your life, especially if you know a person and you know what kind of situation they're in, but they just they seem to be okay. Jesus is going to take it. Listen, we worry about stuff. What a waste of our time. I mean, seriously, and, and, but I do. I worry about garbage. I worry about what's going on in the U.S. I happen to like the way I grew up. I happen to like the, the, the nation I grew up in, which is long gone. But we worry about all this mess. It's like, well, Jesus ain't sitting up there on the throne. Well, I didn't see that happening. <laughs> no, he already knew. Matter of fact, if you read the rest of Revelation, it'll tell you where we're heading. Whether you like it or not, that's where we're going. What we have to do is just remember, hey, Jesus got it all under control. And these little bitty things in our life that just, we, we fall apart over the little, littlest thing. You ever heard that word? It starts with a capital D and ends with a little A. Drama. I hate drama with a passion. But that's part of the world today. If you ain't got drama, man, you ain't hip. You know, it's like, I don't want drama. I got enough problems. <laughs> I don't need to add all this other mess on me. But that's the way they work. Verse 20, though, he says, Notwithstanding, mm, I have a few things against thee. That, Jesus ever told you that? When you read the book of James, he'll tell you that. <laughs> Man, yeah, when you read the book of James, you know, you that looks in there and says, you, you remember the Fonz? He took his comb out and he, oh, and he walked off. Listen, the last time I looked in the mirror, and I'm like, good grief. I'm getting old. Starting to get these brown things on me. I used to thought they was angel kisses. They ain't. <laughs> they are when you're that old. You know, how old is she? She's about, what, two, three? Oh, she's three now. She's three. That's important, too. They get them little spots on them. Oh, little angel kisses. And they ain't angels, but that's, you know. 
But when we get them, it's like, whoa, that might be cancer or something, you know. <laughs> I don't go to the doctor. That's how I get away with not having it. <laughs> I just, I'm, I, I ain't interested. If I got a bone hanging out or I can't eat or I can't, I'll go to the doctor. And they say, hey, you got a problem. You see, they were allowing this old gal named Jezebel. Now, we know it wasn't Jezebel, Jezebel, because she got to eat by the dogs over there in, uh, what was it, First Kings, I think it is. Uh, so it wasn't her, but it was somebody that had her same attitude. We, I, you ever known a Jezebel? I've known a few. They ain't, they ain't good folk. She was apparently... He called her a prophetess. Apparently, she was a, what would you call that, self-proclaimed prophetess. And she was teaching all this idol worship and, and this immorality mess. And the problem is they were letting it go. You know, uh, and, and that's not a good thing. When, when, when you know something's going on, you got to nip it in the bud. You got you to go ahead and grab it, get a hold of it, put a stop to it, because a little leaven is going to cause what, a lot of problems. You see, here's the situation they had there, their little union they had. All these workers were in their union, so to speak, and they didn't want to upset everything because, see, the union people... Well, uh, let me use today's world. Well, no, let's, let's use theirs. They had to go to, they had to participate in all the pagan festivals. If you wanted to make good money and you wanted to work, that's what you had to do. Kind of like our union today. They want us to participate in this and participate in that. And I'm like, no. Nah. Uh, when I was in Colorado, I was framing metal studs. And I got really tired of cold weather, and I told her, I said, let's move to California. And we did. I went to Wackyville, uh, Vacaville. And uh, that's where Charles Manson was. That's why they call it Wackyville. And, and, and then I was working in San Francisco, and if you wanted to work, you had to be in the union. Well, I should put it this way. If you wanted to work and make good money, you had to be in the union. So I'm like, well, no big deal. I'll go join the union. Well, I'm down there working one day, and this cat comes walking in there, and you could tell he ain't a worker. Hey, I want to know if you guys want to go pick it. And I said, want to go what? He said, pick it. Now, pick, what are we picking? You know, I didn't know what a picket was. No, he wants us to go down there and stand in front of some building and protest the folk that were protesting against what they were building. They were building an abortion clinic. And they had a bunch of uh, people down there protesting against abortion. And so they wanted us to go down there and, and protest against them protesting. I, so I asked him, I said, well, dude, I said, not that I would. I said, but what's it pay? Well, I don't pay nothing. You're in the union. <laughs> if it don't pay nothing, who's going to feed the kids? You want me to pick it. First off, it better be a good reason. Second off, it better pay as good as what I'm making, and I ain't going. And they want you to vote this away, and they, oh, if you don't vote that away, oh, you're terrible. Listen, don't tell me what to do, but that's what they wanted to do. That's kind of what their situation was. And so 
you know, the prophetess says she could have been saying, hey, God doesn't want your family to go hungry. So you could, in order to keep this uh, union you're with happy, you've got to be involved in all this stuff. And they were going along with it. You know, and, and uh, well, that ain't right. Go along with all that kind of mess. It, it's because it's immoral worship of pagan deity. You're down there uh, helping to, to uh, glorify that mess. See, the Lord don't want us to do that. He doesn't want us to glorify those things. Uh, you know, this message really is as relevant to us as it was to that church back then. You see, right now there are people in our country who are saying, if you want to engage in commerce and in the public square, and you got to bow down to the left-wing agenda. I got news for you. I bow to one person, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. I ain't bowing down to that mess. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. You, you want to do it, that's your business, but don't tell me I've got to. I, I never did go over, that never went over well with me anyway, as you got to do this. I never got along with the God apart. <laughs> you know, my dad always went against the grain, and I, so I guess I got it honest. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I wasn't interested in that. You see, that's what they were doing. Uh, and, 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 and that's what they want today. And, and by the way, if we don't, and especially our children of today in public schools and colleges, if you don't bow down to the immorality, then you don't have the right to do this. You don't have the right to do that. Now, there's a state right up the road, and I know a lot of construction workers that tried to start businesses in Utah. And their business grew, and they were doing pretty good. But then when the so-called elites of that state shows up and said, you need to give to our church. Well, no, I don't, I don't even go to church, because the guys I knew didn't. They didn't darken the door of a church. If it did, the church would fall in. So it wasn't that much against that church. It's just they did. I ain't giving my money to nobody. You know, their business went plummeted. Uh, that's sad when it gets to that point. You know, the Lord said, hey, I got some things against you because you're tolerating this woman. It's not good that you're tolerating this. It's not a good thing. Uh, you see, <laughs> true tolerance is a good thing. Having true tolerance is a good thing. True tolerance means that we're showing people respect even if I disagree with them. I'm not a bigot. You want to be a homosexual, that's your business. You want to be a lesbian, that's your business. You want to vote on the left side, that's your business. You 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 know, you want to do this, you want to, that's your business. But don't force it on me. I tolerate them being around. The problem is they don't want to tolerate you. They want everybody to bow down to what they're doing. Uh, I ain't doing that. I'm not going to do it. You see, uh, they don't, they, <laughs> true tolerance means showing people respect, uh, showing other people respect, even if you disagree with them. But the false tolerance 
which is being pushed and promoted today, says that all ideas and all behaviors are equally good. They're not. I don't mind if that's what you want to do. But don't expect me to agree and say, well, yeah, you're, it's just as good as what I got. No. You ain't got Jesus. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you got problems. Uh, but that's what they were doing. You see, that kind of doctrine, to be honest with you, is straight out of the pits of hell. That kind of teaching people is straight from the devil. You see, there are some things that are right, and there are some things that are wrong. Whether you like it or not, what was, to be honest with you, in the Bible, what was wrong yesterday is still wrong today. But they want you to say, well, what was wrong back then, that's okay, but now it's okay. No. It's never been right to murder a baby in the womb. But they want to say, oh, it's okay to do it. Uh, I think it's in Isaiah or somewhere in there. He says, eventually things are going to be what was wrong is now right. What was evil is now good. Uh Uh-uh. If it was wrong 500 years ago or 2,000 years ago, it's wrong today. It's wrong to commit cold-blooded murder. It ain't going to change. Well, it's for the, the, the woman's rights, and it's her body. Well, she could have kept her drawers up. I'll just be up front with you. You don't want to have a baby, then don't do what causes you to have a baby. But if you end up pregnant, then you need to have it. And if you don't want it, have it and give it away because there's somebody that'll take it. Because there are people that can't have babies. You know, it, it, so it all boils down to what was wrong is still wrong. Now, there's some lifestyles that are right and some that are wrong. But tolerance in Thyatira meant allowing immorality to invade the church as well. You can't do that. I don't have a problem with people coming to church that's had abortions where they ought to be. And if they've asked forgiveness, hey, the Lord forgave them. I don't have a problem. We've had lesbians in here. We've had homosexuals. They weren't members, but they were here. They needed to be. I even had a woman ask me one time. She says, I I, I want to bring a couple of guys to church. She said, but now they're homosexual. I said, I don't care. This is where they they need to be. They need to hear the truth. And I ain't going to water it down for them. I'm pretty straight and blunt. Uh, It's wrong. It's the same thing. We've had a few strippers in here. I knew that's what they were. But they needed to hear the truth. We've had a hooker or two, I'm sure, from looking at them. I'm like, "Eh." Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Where they need to be. Listen, church is not a resort for all us that are perfect. It's not. It's for all of us that are sinners and falling apart. It's an emergency room because we've all got problems. Amen, including me. I hadn't reached perfection, 
My wife thinks I have, but <laughs> I got her fooled. No, she knows better. The only one that treats me with perfection, I think, is my dog. But that's because she knows I'm going to feed her. <laughs> uh, listen, we're not here as a resort. It's not a place we come and we just lay back and, oh, yes, we're doing so good. No. We come here because we got issues. If I ain't got issues, I don't need to be here. Because you guys are going to mess me up. <laughs> I had not found any perfect places yet. You see, we, we can't let the church be invaded with that kind of stuff and tolerate it. In other words, and allow them to bring it in as teachings, which was what they were doing. You see, there, the, the church there, they, you know, they had that attitude, oh, aren't we such a great church? Oh, we just love everybody and we don't judge nobody. There's one on the highway that says that. It's okay not be okay. We're all, you know, listen. That's not what the Bible says. Yet we're to love everybody. Oh, I, you ever heard somebody tell you, don't judge me? They ain't read 1 Corinthians, have they? Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, verse 11 through 6 and 4, read through chapter 6 and verse 4. Read that. He said, don't you know we're going to judge the world? We can judge people in here. Listen, if I, if I see you messing up, I'm going to come and tell you that ain't a good idea. Now, you do what you want, but it's not a good idea. It's not going to be a harmonious outcome. If you keep going that route, I ain't judging you. I'm just telling you. <laughs> the Bible's what does that. You know, but uh, that's not a reason to rejoice because we love everybody and we don't judge everybody. You better judge. What is this, uh, cops? You ain't supposed to profile. You can't stereotype. Yeah, they'll die. You better steer, if you, I told Anthony, because he's going to be a cop one day. I told him, I said, you remember this one thing I'm about to tell you. Because I've known a lot of cops, and I went to cop school for a year and decided I didn't want to be a cop. <laughs> Good thing, because I'd have been in jail by now. Uh, I said, you stereotype? I said, you better. What's that other one? Proto? No. Profile, you better profile. You see a guy running down the street with a TV on his back, chances are he stole it. <laughs> you walk up to a, you see a car going down the road that looks like Cheech and Chong, and there's smoke coming out. It's a big chance he's smoking pot. Of course, pot's not a big thing no more. They may be okay to do that. Uh, but hey, you better watch. You better keep your eye open. That's going to keep you alive. We've got to look at life that way. Now, don't treat them any different. We're to love them, but we got to see it that way. You know, as a Christian, God never calls us, honestly, to sacrifice truth for tolerance. Uh, the most, honestly, the most loving thing you can do for somebody is to tell them the truth that's right here. 
Don't add your truth in there. I'm not going to gemology it to somebody. I'm going to show it to them in the Word of God. Now, you live with it, and if you got a problem with it, don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. And you're kind of dumb if you do, but uh, he'll, he'll tear you up. You see, it is the truth of God's Word that frees people from the slavery of sin. It's the truth of God's Word that changes an individual from the inside out. And that's what we need to be telling people. Uh, and he, he, you know, God's a righteous judge. He's, he's a righteous God. He's loving. He's caring. Even this Jezebel, he says in here, I gave her opportunity. He said, she didn't want it. So I'm going to do away with her. And he tells the people that was following her, hey, if you'll repent, I'll back off. He tells us the same thing when we do dumb things. <laughs> you see, everything that you need to know about God and following Him is in the Bible. And if somebody comes to tell you something that's outside of God's Word, be very, very suspicious of it. If somebody comes to me and says, hey, brother, I got a revelation from God, I'm going to say, well, bless your heart, what was you smoking? Because God ain't talked to you. He don't do that no more. It's all right here. I've had people tell me, oh, I've had a revelation from God. Oh, really? What are you, a prophet? They all ended with John. And now you're going to tell me you done got some kind of revelation? That's a bunch of hogwash. That's just straight out of the pits of hell. Because you give them time, those that tell you that, and all of a sudden they'll start telling you, oh, and by the way, it, you know, it, the gospel's okay, but you've got to blah, and you've got to la-la, and you've got to, no. In the book of Galatians, he said, if an angel brings you something different than what's in here, walk off. People are crazy. Let's say I'll tell you anything to fill up that pocketbook. <laughs> Man, that pocketbook's important. You see, Jesus pointed this person out because they were of Satan. They wasn't of God. You know, uh, and, and he told the rest of them, he said, hey, he said, I'll back off. You repent, I'm going to back off. Uh, he said, don't, don't, don't hold the teachings of this person. Get away from them. Uh, and, and Christ said on you that's already, that's doing good, you hadn't failed for this mess. He said, I'm not going to place any more of a burden on you. Well, really, that's a good thing. I don't, I don't need any more burdens. And I got enough of that. Now, we can cause ourselves some burdens, but God's not going to place us any more burdens on us than what we can handle. And he ain't going to give us no more. Matter of fact, Brother Larry mentioned in Sunday school this morning, I am a pre-tribulation rapture. I'm not a pre-millennial rapture. I am a pre-tribulation rapture. I like how people cover it. Now, they don't want to get in an argument because you got, you got that group that says, oh, we're going up in the middle of the tribulation period. Oh, we're going to go all the way through the tribulation and go up. So, And then you got 
folk like me that are right, that we're going to go up (laughs) pre-tribulation. I am right, (laughs) because the Bible is right. Listen, the Lord said, you're not appointed to wrath. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not appointed to wrath. Yeah, we got some persecution. We may have some of that. We may have some trials and tribulations, but we ain't appointed to what's coming, the wrath of God. We're not, he's going to take us. Did Noah get wet? No. Not one speck of water hit him. That's, that's a picture of how God takes care of his people, his children. And we're, we're just going to, one of these days it's going to happen. We're going to leave. And by the way, the tribulation period cannot start with us here. Now, if somebody says they're mid-tribulation, I just tell them. You take the second bus. I'm taking the first one. I don't know what happened. I didn't do it. Oh, it came back. Anyway, I got to end this, don't I? You see, Christ said, I'm not going to place any other burden on you. He said, get away from Jezebel. You know, and what we've got to do, we've got to realize... That we've got to get away, just as I said at the beginning, when we got a problem that comes in church, we realize we need to nip it in the bud real quick. Don't let it tarry on and tarry on because it's going to get worse and worse. It's going to become a problem. You see, God has a set boundaries for his children. When my children were growing up, they knew that they were allowed to go in this area, couldn't go out there, couldn't go out there. You were in this area. As they grew, they got to where they had bigger areas, larger boundaries. There were certain things in dad's house you didn't touch. Firearms, uh-uh. Because I didn't put them all up and block them up. What, you know, hang on, let me get, <laughs> I'll shoot you after I get it undone. No, gun don't do you no good if it ain't loaded and if it's got a lock on it. It's useless. But my children knew, oh, you don't touch dad's gun. No, you'd you be picking up your tying in for the next month because I'd knock it off. Uh, and they knew God sets boundaries for us. We need to know what they are. And the Bible gives us our boundaries. Paul said, hey, Everything's okay, really, for me, but it ain't expedient. I can't lose my salvation. I should not have a desire, and if I do, I got problems, but I should not have a desire to go out to all the places that I used to go before I got saved. I shouldn't have that desire, and if I do have that desire, I need to start researching and say, what part of the teaching did I miss? How close of a walk am I walking with Jesus? Apparently, it ain't very close. But we can't lose it. But if we want blessings from the Lord, he says, hey. And I ain't talking about just blessings here. We might get them here and we might not. You know, the Lord may bless us right here, which is good. I like getting blessings right here. 
it's good. But he don't always say all of your blessings are going to come here. But if we want blessings, we want rewards in heaven, we got our boundaries. We got to stay within them boundaries because I'm going to be up front with you. If we stay within them boundaries, the Lord, there is a protection on us that if we go outside of them boundaries, that protection ain't there. Oh, you mean God can't protect you out there? Well, yeah, he could, but you took yourself away from him. You see, if I, if I go back to that lifestyle I lived years ago that caused my heart attack years later, I may go ahead and just pass on. I knew better than to step outside my boundaries. We got to use our brains for more than just a hat rack. And if we'll do that, the Lord takes care of us. Now, we got to love people. We are to love people. I'm not a bigot. Person wants to live however that, live that way. But don't come to me and say, well, tell me it's okay I live that way. No, I'm not going to do that. Because I'm going to look up in here, and if it says, no, that ain't right, well, now if I look it up in here and it says it's okay, you know, I, I got a, I'll use my own daughter, I got a daughter and I call it this way, they call it different stuff today, I'll call it by what it really is, I got a daughter shacked up with a guy, she's old enough. She knows it's wrong, and she knows dad does not agree with it. And when they come to visit me in, in beautiful, sunny, no wind, Henderson, Nevada, <laughs> they don't come to the house in order to spend the night because they know I ain't going to allow that. It, it, you get married, now you can come sleep at my house, but if, listen, you ain't married, don't come knocking on my door to hang out all night. And if you do hang out all night, he didn't sleep in there. She didn't sleep. Well, Dad, we've been living together five years. I don't care if you've been living together 30 years. If you ain't got married, forget it. You ain't doing it. I have a standard I keep, and that's the way it's going to be. And if you're at my home, we get up on Sunday morning, we go to church, and we go to church on Sunday night, and we go to church on Wednesday night. I'm not going to leave you at the house with the dog to take care of it. Dog will be fine by herself, and she might bite you if they ain't there. We got to keep those standards. I'll tolerate them. They want to do that, do it out there and not, not here. You want to come in here because, and you got all these problems? Hey, come on in. You need to hear the truth. But don't come in here if you're two men or two women hugging up on each other because I'm going to walk back there to you in the middle of service and say, um, we don't do that here. That's the truth. I ain't going to put up with it. Because we can't, but we need to love them, and they need to hear the word. We cannot tolerate it and allow it to take seed, because then it'll be a problem bigger than what we can handle. And the Lord gives us sense enough to know better. All right, let's stand. I got to hush.
Sister Diane, if you'll come up, we'll have an invitation. Every head bowed and every eye closed this evening. Um, our most kind and gracious Lord, we do thank you for this time we had to study your word. Lord, we thank you for uh, the freedom that we have to be able to do that. And Lord, we sometimes wonder how long that's going to last, but you've got it all in, under control. Lord, I ask if you spoke to anyone tonight about anything, lead them in the direction they need to go, what they need to do, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Every head bowed and every eye closed as Sister Diane plays it's a, during our invitation. If you feel the Lord has called you to come to the altar, if maybe you say, listen, I, I pretty much know everybody in here almost. Everybody in here pretty much has told me they're saved, they're going to, the, going to heaven one day, but you, I, don't, I don't know your heart. Jesus does. If you say, you know, I ain't 100%, listen, we can make sure that you're going to heaven. Maybe you're here and you say, look, I know I hadn't. I've been playing around with God. He says, call on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Believe that he had died for your sins on the cross of Calvary. And if you call upon him, believing in him, he will save you. There's not a question to it. He will save you. 